Yeah. I always like this crowd the best. Don't tell the other people because y'all have more energy, and I appreciate that. And uh, I just got to tell you this. The last service, I was like, could y'all give a brother an amen? And they're like, amen. So I'm just going to tell you the goal today is for me to get you to say amen like four or five times at least during the service. Um, anyways, some of you are like getting it out of the way ahead of time. Amen, amen, amen. I'm done. Okay, yeah. A little crowd participation today. Hey, I'm so happy you're here. Sincerely, if you're a guest with us today or if you're new here or if you've been gone and you came back, whatever, whatever your story is, Man, I just want you to know we are so happy to have you here. It's such an honor for us to be able to host you guys here. Hopefully you were warmly welcomed, got some good coffee. By the way, that coffee that we have out there is a Customs uh, LifePoint blend. We're about to start selling that for you. Um, and, and I want you to, on that note, I want to tell you something. We have some merchandise out there. The young folk call it merch, um, but we still call it merchandise because I'm old. Um, but I want to tell you about that. We have some new stuff out there today, and a bunch of it's already, I think, selling out or about to be sold out. Um, but let me tell you the point behind that. It's not about money-making for us. We've really never told you this much, but all that stuff out there, we put it out there. Uh, a byproduct is that you might wear it, and people might go, hey, tell me about your church, and that would be really cool for us. But even more importantly is all of the proceeds from that merchandise support our local uh, and, and international missional organizations that we support. This is not in a, This is not like part of what we give them. It's in addition to what we are. We already support them. You guys know that if you go here, we, we send tens of thousands of dollars per year um, over uh, to Ima's home, uh, to our local partners, SA Heals, Urban Faith Ministries, and Agora. Um, but when you buy that stuff out there, you're supporting them. That's what we want you to know. And so it makes a difference. It's a good thing to buy it. It's, it's cool. It's fresh. It's good material. We don't, we don't buy junky stuff and 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 you'll be wearing fresh gear and helping somebody at the same time so just a heads up on that check it out on your way out today uh, we're in a series called you in five years and we're just asking the simple question who will we be uh, five years from now if we continue our current course the current trajectory of our lives and and then the second part of that is what do we want to be five years from now who do we want to be five years from now Th those are the sort of two questions guiding this like where is our right now momentum taking us and do we like that destination and if not well, it's time to get off the train if we don't like where it's going can I get a good amen on that right who will you be in 2024 five years from now I'm 47 right now I'll be 52 right then I'm looking forward to that because I know that for a lot of men in particular um, that's, the, that's the sort of most productive seasons of their lives in terms of their career, in terms of the legacy that they leave. But, but are you looking forward to that stretch of your life? We're asking, what do I want to accomplish 60 months from now that I cannot accomplish in 12 months because I'm dreaming too big? What, what is that? And that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. And, and our key text is Romans chapter 13. We're reading this from the message. We read it last week. It's long, but listen, it's so, so poetic and so helpful and so good. It's guiding our conversation. But make sure that, verse 13, or 11, that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted and taking care of all of your day-by-day -day obligations. Don't, don't let life exhaust you just by covering day-by-day -day stuff. That you lose track of the time, of the opportunities, of the moments you doze off and you become oblivious to God. In other words, it's possible to do this. The, the night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up. Be awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work that he began when he, we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. Must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around and dissipation and bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed. 
and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. Lord, I just thank you so much for this moment. We love the New Year's because it's, um, it's a moment where people are focused in a different way, where they're open um, to the changes, to the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, to, to, to improving things about the way that they live and operate their lives. And so we just pray that this moment we would choice, that this moment would be good and healthy and whole, that, that the word of the Lord um, would go forth with clarity and these, these, these principles would find good landing ground in our hearts and our lives. We pray these things in, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Today I want to talk about uh, making change. That, that's the title today because I think that a lot of us assume that over time, good changes will just sort of naturally occur in our life. But what I found is that if change happens by chance in your lives, it's usually the kind of change that you would not have wished for yourselves. Um, that, 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 that good change is something that happens by the power of God's Spirit working through us. It's something that we choose. It's something that we can make happen, make change. I, I was listening this week and got to read a few of the notes um, from Pastor Craig Rochelle on, on a message that he gave recently about habits. And it was so, so good. And I was like, I was kind of going to go this way a little bit this week. And then I was like, it's not as good as what he said. And I'm going to borrow some of what he said and give you that. Because here's my principle. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. You know what I'm saying? It's a very godly pastoral uh, principle, right? But, but, but really what I mean is that I would rather be effective every day of the week than be original. I, like, I, like original is awesome, but effective is even more awesomer. You know what I'm saying? Okay, nobody gave me an amen. Thank you, somebody right over here. Appreciate it, brother, because I was like, oh, man, I'm just shrinking in everybody's sight right now. But, but here's the first big idea that he gave, and it's the one that I'm going to use the whole way through. He says, successful people do consistently what other people only will do occasionally. Think about that. Successful people are consistent at what makes them successful. And other people will only do what they do occasionally. No matter what, if they're successful in some area of their life, I promise you they are successful because they are doing things consistently that other people will only do occasionally. Which is why, which is why this next phrase, which if you're taking notes, write it down. Uh, ongoing consistency is much more important than short-term intensity. Ongoing consistency will trump every time short-term flares up, flare-ups of, of intensity, which is what a lot of New Year's resolutions are about. It's like, go hard, go hard, go hard for a few minutes, and then we can't sustain it, and we fall off, and we quit. Now, why is this the case? Why is this, why is this ongoing consistency thing so important? Here's why. Because ongoing, steady, slow measured consistency allows you to tap into what some people have called the most powerful force in the universe, but it's not because God is, but it's really close, right? And not really. And that is compound interest. You guys know what I'm saying with the compound interest, right? Some of you have felt it in good ways and some of you have felt it in bad ways. Albert Einstein, right? One of the smartest people ever lived. He said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He, he said, he who understands it, earns it, he who doesn't pays it. That's a good word right there, y'all. Somebody should have taken a lap right there. Not really, not really. That's the kind of church I grew up back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, woo, I like that one. They take a lap anyways. Sometimes that would be helpful for me. Not really, anyways. Now, now the problem, but by the way, today's message, 
Like, I don't want to just inspire somebody. Like, that's good. But I want to give you practical things to think about. Um, these things that, have, that are forming the way I am and the way that I think and, and have helped me along the way. Because here's the problem. For so many of us, compound interest, the, the, the idea of waiting a very, very long time to keep sowing seeds and to keep investing in so that over the years, compound interest takes its root in our life. The problem with that is, for most of us, is ain't nobody got time for that. Know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody got time for that. I'm behind. I got to catch up. I, I need a miracle. I need a cure, right? And, and we've made it to March so many years, and, 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 our, and our resolutions are already dead in the water, and, and we're just discouraged. Why? Because we're over here, but five years from now, we want to be over there, or five months from now, we want to be over there, and we can't get from here to there. By cheating, we have to go through something called the process. And nobody wants to go through the process because the process is hard and the process takes work and the process takes discipline, right? And, 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 and so we were like, man, I, I, I want to change, but I just can't change. I want to get better in this area, but I can't. It's like a, that time I read the Bible that one night and I didn't wake up the next morning like a, a man of God, right? What's the deal with that, bruh? I read the Bible like for 12 seconds, you know? It was like a short reading on the version plan, right? It's frustrating. Isn't there a pill I can take? Isn't there a, a, a con concoction that I can put together like some armadillo's milk and stir it with a chicken foot and it like makes me a man of God? Like, no, that's like witchcraft or something. I don't know, right? Isn't there something I can buy on Amazon? Probably, you know what I'm saying? Because they got everything on Amazon, right? And I love me some Amazon. Be like, why can't I just be a great husband? Is there, is there like a weekend conference that I could go to, to that would fix everything. Nah, brah. You just got to do the dishes and stop being a jerk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Can I talk straight today? Or I, I don't know if you are. Some people over here are okay with that, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, brah. I know that, but I tried it that one time and it just didn't take, you know? I'm still not a good husband. I just don't understand, man. I, like, I, I saved money for like that one week. I stopped drinking coffee for that one week at Starbucks and Man, it was like I saved a hundred bucks, but I still owe thirty-four thousand nine hundred. I used to owe thirty-five thousand, but it's only a hundred dollars. I used to. I want to stop spending so much money, but I can't. So, bro, that's just how I roll. I just have debt. I'm just gonna live in debt the rest of my life. It didn't take, right? Like, like I don't work hard at my job because I don't like my boss. He's he's a punk, man. Uh, oh, what? He didn't tell you how special you were, like your mother did all your life, and give you a reward for doing nothing? Oh, I'm sorry. It's called real life. So, so here's the thing. You can't jump from here to there without going through here. The process, the discipline, the work, the effort, the habits. And this is the next five years of your life, here to there. That's the next five years of your life. And whatever you're dreaming there is going to require you to do consistently some things that other people won't do. They won't pay the price. And successful people understand this, and that's why, in part, that they're successful. And I'm not even defining success in the way our culture does. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about fame. I'm not talking about fortune. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about being the kind of person that God saw when he created you. You know, Jesus was this incredibly successful person, uh, and, and, and not in the way that the world measures success. He was incredibly successful at pleasing his Father, pleasing God. If you look at his life, I can tell you that one thing that Jesus never said, never, was that, man, I just can't find time to pray, right? 
I'm so busy. And he was busy. I, I wish I had more time to spend with God, but I just don't have the time to spend with God because of all the other stuff I got. Jesus never, ever said that. What you'll see about Jesus is that he consistently had a habit of breaking away from the crowds and even from his fam family and friends to have intimate fellowship with God, that he understood this idea Day by day, day by day, day by day, day after day, consistency times grind equals success. Consistency times grind. You know what I mean by grind? Like grind is that thing that people who are successful do when they say, I'm going to be a, a healthy person, and they get up 30 minutes before everybody else and go to the gym, right? That would be my wife. Clearly, that's not me in this particular realm of life, right? Grind is a thing that causes people who go, I want to know Jesus more, and they get up 15 or 20 minutes earlier to read the scriptures and to have a God time. That's why they're successful at it. Grind is that I don't feel like going to the gym, but I go anyways. I don't feel like working hard today at work, but I do it anyways. That's grind. And when you do that consistency over a long period of time, it equals success. And Jesus knew that. That habits matter. That successful people do consistently what other people only do occasionally. Because here's the truth, right? Every one of us has good intention at the beginning of the year, right? Don't we all? Like, even if you're not a New Year's resolutions person, and I'm not, uh, I'm not I, don't think of, I don't think in terms of that. I think, like, if I start it in January, I'm going to fail. So I start things in November. That's just what Rachel will tell you. If I'm like, i got to lose some weight, I start it in November. She's like, Thanksgiving's coming. Christmas is coming. I'm like, yes, but I'm a ninja warrior. And... <laughs> I've lost 10 pounds since November. Boom, thank you very much. Oh, come at me, man. I don't, I don't even know why I did that, but anyways, just in case you are coming at me. Um, but we all want to do good things, but the bad news is, according to some studies, 9 out of 10 of us will quit our New Year's resolutions by Valentine's Day, right? And some of you are like, I already, I already, I already quit them, man. I'm an overachiever, clearly, in an underachieving kind of way, you know what I'm saying, Right? We, we, we want to do well. We have good intentions. We just don't do well in some areas. Some of you do. Some of us don't. I, I think when you read the scriptures, there's a guy, the Apostle Paul, who wrote so much of our New Testament. He writes this in Romans 7. I think you can relate. I can so relate to this in my own struggles in life. He says this, verse 21. I have discovered this principle of life. So you're not alone, right? This is a principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Like, I don't really understand myself, he says. For what I want to, when I, I want to stop eating, no, he didn't have junk food probably back in there. I want to stop eating junk food. I want to stop procrastinating. I want to stop overspending at Target. Whatever it is, I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing that I don't want to do. I don't do what I want to do, and I do do what I don't want to. Okay, I'm so confused by my own statement. I got confused. Anyways, instead I do what I hate. Can, 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 can any of us relate to that on some level? Can you relate to that? Because I, I totally can. So then why is it that so many of us who have genuinely good and I would even say godly intentions, we rarely see them lead to the right actions that we want to see over a long period of time? Why is that? Why do we struggle? Is it without, is like, is it beyond our capacity as human beings to do these things? Are we just stuck to do the same old things, the same old way, same old year, every year after year after year? Or can we, can we, can we make change? Why do we struggle to make change? I think there's a lot of reasons. I'm going to give you a few. Number one, I think we focus on the what, but we don't understand the how. 
right? I want to lose weight. I don't know how over a long period of time. I want to be healthy, and I have good intentions about that. I just don't have the structures in place to create that. Th- think about it. We all want similar things, right? Whether you're rich or poor, black or white or, or brown or, or whatever, whatever culture, creed, we all want the same things basically at the beginning of the year in our lives, right? Th- think about, oh, I want to get healthy. I want to be more consistent. I want to spend less. I want to save more. I want to I go closer to Jesus. We all want these things for the most part. Most of us have very similar goals or hopes, but the results from person to person are drastically different. Why? This person is just as smart as this person, just as talented as this person, smarter even yet than this person, and yet this person over here gets better results than this other person who has more gifts and more talents. Why? Why is that? There's this fantastic book that a friend of mine gave me last year, about three months ago. Um, an unbelievable book, and I brought it today because I want you to see it. It's called Atomic Habits. Some of you have this. Some of you read this. Huge, huge uh, bestseller. And the author, James Clear, um, but by the way, um, if you struggle year after year and you want just a guide, like a very practical guide, this is it. Get this book. Buy it. Usually I don't do that, but this is a secular book, but, but it's good. It's really, really good. He says that, that, that in, in the book that winners and losers, and I hate that term losers because there's a lot of people who are right on the edge and, and, and could, could become better. But he says that the difference between winners and losers generally, uh, um, are, are, he says that winners and losers have, generally speaking, the same exact goals. That the successful people and unsuccessful people, they all start at the same line, right? At the same starting line. Think about marriage. We all want to, when we get married, we all have dreams like, We're going to grow old together. We're going to live happily ever after. We're going to raise amazing kids. We're going to be romantic all the way through. We're going to date each other, and we're going to be happy. Nobody ever said on their wedding day, you know what my goal is to make it to five years, maybe six, and then have a nasty divorce and freak my kids out and damage them for life, right? Nobody, Nobody ever starts out that way. We all want something similar, but we all end up with different results. Why? Well, he goes on in this book. Um, to suggest this incredible idea, and it's so true, and it's deeply spiritual, even though it's not going to sound that, so hang on. Like in the first service, somebody's like, ah, I don't want to be here anymore, and they left. And they're like, wait a minute, you haven't even got to the good part yet, you know? Um, goals don't determine success, is what he says. Systems do. Now, before you go, what does that even mean? Well, we've been taught all our lives that if you write a goal down, it's going to have a much better chance of if you didn't write it. And that's true to a certain extent. But goals, even written ones, don't get us to the finish line. Systems and strategies and execution actually gets determines success. Some of you think, ah, this is not very spiritual, Danny, but, but it is because it's the law of the harvest. We reap what we sow, Galatians 6, 7 says. So one statement I gave you a minute ago is that ongoing consistency is more important. Ongoing consistency is a seed. I sow it in the ground as a strategy, like I believe in this, and it produces a fruit, a result. Um, Those of us who every year we flare up with short-term intensity, that's a seed as well, but, but it's unsustainable over time, and it produces a fruit as well. Both of them are part of the law of the harvest. Some of us have a marathon mentality, and some of us have a sprinter's mentality. Nothing wrong with sprinters. You just can't sprint forever. Can I get a witness on that, right? A system is a pattern for how we're going to live our lives. 
And you all have them. We all have patterns. We all have systems. We may not have created them intentionally, but we have them. Some of us have, gener- have earned them from, from generations of how our family's done things. Some of us have earned it the hard way by making mistakes or, or choosing right ways along the way. We, we have systems whether we know it or not. And this is why Paul says in Romans, do not conform to the patterns of the world. That, 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 that the way the world works is patterned. There are, there are systems at play, whether you see them or not. And he says if you, if you buy into them, it's going to create drama and chaos and pain and sin in your life. But be conformed by, be, be renewed by the, 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 the uh, or transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what he says. Like change the pattern, you'll get a different result. And when you see that God has patterns all throughout the scriptures for how to live your life, then life all of a sudden, and when you understand them, life doesn't seem as random anymore. I talk to a lot of people who will say, man, Danny, my life just feels like out of control and, and chaotic and like all of these problems, just wave after wave after wave of, of, of problems that are unrelated. But I want to say to them, they're not unrelated. They're part of your pattern. They're part of the way that you're living your life, the decisions, the systems of your life. Like when, when am I going to get a break from the problems? But most everything in life is part of a, of a pattern and that everything is being produced by a pattern or, or as, as he calls it, a system. From the beginning, of our Bible teaches us in Genesis that, that everything reproduces after its own kind, that there's a pattern in a seed, that, that the seed reproduces after the pattern that God put in the seed. So grapevines produce grapes, right? And, and apple trees produce apples because it's all the way down in its DNA and all the way down at the sort of molecular level that, that there's a pattern that causes that seed to produce a certain kind of fruit. So if I can perceive the pattern, I can finally deal with what the patterns have been producing in my life because patterns produce after their own kinds. It's a fact. And this is why goals do not produce results. Systems do. Patterns do. Strategies do. Life is not as random as it seems, and it's not as chaotic as it first appears. Sometimes things happen. Let's just be honest now. Sometimes things happen in life that, that are random, that life can sometimes take terrible turns that are not part of a pattern. But most of the time, please hear me, most of the time, things that we struggle with are being produced in our lives by the systems that are part of our life and the way we do our life, the way we see life. And by the same token, if you've got good patterns, they're going to produce good fruits. So then the key to lasting change is doing more of the same right things. But nobody wants to do that because that's boring, it seems. Now, think about the guy that I'm named after, right? Daniel. Daniel was this unbelievably successful guy um, in the Bible. His name means God is my judge. And I remember when I learned that as a, probably a 12 or 13-year-old boy, I was like, oh, man, every day of my life, he's judging me. You know what I'm saying? Kind of freaked me out just a little bit, right? And that's, and that, but, but Daniel... He's been taken captive from Jerusalem, brought uh, as a, as, like, he's the choicest. He, they take the best people, the best animals, and they would take them back to, their, to, to the land that the invaders did. And, and Daniel is surrounded by a bunch of the best of the best, and yet he stands out amongst the best of the best as a leader, as godly, as gifted, as talented, and different. Why? How? M- matter of fact, 
Daniel's story, if you read it, he faces intense opposition from people who are sort of at his pay grade, people who are trying to sabotage him, people who are trying to get him caught and trapped, and they do, they succeed in this. Why is it that when he is thrown into a den of lions because he's, he's obeyed God, he's able to stand strong, unafraid, trusting God, come out alive on the other side? How did he rise up amongst his peers? It's because he had systems in place that, place that led him to a life of faith and faithfulness that produced strength in his life. What was the system? Daniel, get to the point, bro. What was the system? For years, Daniel had pre-decided, pre-decided that three times a day, every day until forever, he was going to stop and spend time with his God. Three times a day. This is his habit. This is his system. Morning, I wake up. I open my eyes. I turn my face toward God. I raise my hands in worship. I raise my hands in prayer. I'm going after God with all of my heart. New, I go through my day. I do what I got to do before I eat, before I eat at lunchtime. I stop. I turn my face towards God. I open my windows, and I pray towards, towards heaven. I go through the rest of my day. I do what I got to do, but when evening comes, I turn my face towards God, and I pray, and I ask God to bless, and I ask God to guide, and I ask God to strengthen, and this was his pattern, and this was his system, to use James Clear's words, and it was this system that made him successful and strong. It was a pattern that produced a product that he wanted in his life, and he predetermined, this is how I'm going to roll. Now, here's the mistake that we tend to make. I hope this is helpful. I hope it is. We tend to think, well, I don't like the fruit. I don't like the results. I want to change the results. I just don't want to change the process or the system. I don't want to do the hard work. I just want to figure out how do I shortcut the, the, to, to, get, to get different results than the ones that I'm currently getting. But you won't ever get the fruit until you first deal with the root. That's the hard work. That's the discipline part of this. The root is the underlying system that's at work in my life and in yours that's causing the fruit for good or for bad. And so then if we can fix what we do, how we live, the habits in our lives, the outcomes, the fruit will fix itself. Thank you. I was just waiting on anybody to go, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, 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 okay. We don't make change. Number one reason why we don't make change is we don't make change because we focus on on what and, and not how. Second reason, which is a much shorter one, by the way. You can relax. The second reason we give up so quickly on making change is because we don't see progress fast enough in our lives. Can we just be honest that whether you've ever been diagnosed with ADD or not, our country is filled with people who have ADD. Come on, can I get an amen? Like, I don't mean like clinically. Some of you are like, like take medicine for that. Like, like, if you've been around me long enough, you know that brother needs to be on some medicine. Squirrel, you know, I'm like, squirrel. Like, I'm in a meeting at staff, and I always face myself towards the window. And I'm like, oh, oh, hey, y'all, look, there's a deer. Hey, look, there's a squirrel. Hey, look at that butterfly. And they're like, bro, we're like, this is serious business. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but look at that. It's amazing. And then, like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're having staff meeting again, you know. Like, but, but when it comes to the hard stuff, we're ADD, man. We can't focus very long because we don't get the results we want fast enough. For, for instance, like, I love cereal. Man, I'm telling you, I love, I, and I'm not talking about, like, like, like healthy cereal. <laughs> like, I ain't, I ain't got time for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't even like Fruit Loops unless... They are blasted with marshmallows. They call them Fruit Loops with Marshmallow Blasts. 
Like that's, Fruit Loops are here, and the blasts are at a whole nother level. <laughs> and like, I don't eat breakfast, I don't eat cereal for breakfast. That's for chumps, you know what I'm saying? I eat it at night, after dinner. Be like over there watching some sports, and I'm like, I got to have me something. And I'm going to go over there and get some Fruit Loops. And then I'll be like, man, Danny, you look, you look pathetic, bro. Like four times, 18 times a year I do this, right? And I'm like, you got to lose some weight. And so my first instinct is I'm going to cut out Fruit Loops with Marshmallow Blast. And like after two days, I'm like getting on the scales. I'm like, what's up? I haven't lost 10 pounds yet. Like, and then you just want to quit because you didn't lose weight like instantaneous. So we don't see the results fast enough, and we say it didn't work, and because of that, we tend to quit. And here's why we do this. Here's, here's the principle. We wrongly conclude that small, good decisions don't matter that much. That's why we're talking about you in five years, not you in five months, by the way. That, that somebody once said, you got to dream big, but you got to start small. Like, I'm going to lose weight, so therefore I'm going to run five miles tomorrow, only eat grass and seeds, and then three days later we're like, I'm exhausted and I can't do it anymore. You had a big dream, but you didn't start small. Do what you can do. Do what's the right, take the next right step. And we stop that. We, 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 we wrongly conclude that, that, that this small God-honoring habit, this small faithful decision, this small good and positive action doesn't make that big of a difference after all, and so we quit. And the opposite is true. We don't think that these small bad decisions that we make along the way have any impact either. It's like, like that one time that I ate a whole box of Pop-Tarts and I was like, man, that's going to make me pay in the morning. And I get on the scales and I'm like, boom, didn't even budge, man. I can eat as many Pop-Tarts as I want. Because they are going to be served at the marriage snack of the lamb. Y'all do know that, right? In heaven, they're going to have Pop-Tarts there and little microwaves to microwave them for us. Or maybe they'll come microwaved. I don't even know. But they're going to be hot and beautiful. And, and so what we say is that the small good decisions don't really move the needle, this, and the, the small bad decisions don't do, do much either, and we miss the truth of what is impacting your life in massive ways, and that's this. Our life is the sum total of all of the decisions that we have made along the way. And we think, no, 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 it's just the big decisions that we made along the way. No, 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 it's not. The big decisions aren't nearly as important as the myriad of small decisions that we made, good or bad, along the way, in terms of forming our lives, because it's all about compound interest. We think about the future, right, especially when we're young. Like when you're a teenager, you're like, man, what's it going to be like when I get 25? God, I'll be old at that point, but, like, what's it going to be like? Do you remember when you guys, when you thought, that dude's 25, that brother's old. And now I'm 47, like, that dude's young, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's all about perspective, am I right? And you're like, what am I going to be like when I get old? And you always dream the best. You never think, I'll probably be homeless, right? <laughs> Nobody ever said that. They're like, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be awesome. I'm going to have a great body, and I'm going to be fine. Like, I said fine in the last service. I was like, why did I say fine? That's like an 86 word, like a 1986. Some of you don't even know what I mean by that, right? You all remember when fine? That girl, fine. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why I said fine, but I'm going to answer the question for who you're going to be in five years. You ready? You ready? You're going to love it. Not really. You're going to be exactly like you are right now. Future you is going to simply be an exaggerated version of current you. If you want to know what you're going to look like 5 or 10 or 20 years from now, you're going to look just like you do right now, just with more miles on the odometer. Now, they're like, well, that's harsh, man. What do you mean by that? Let me tell you what I mean. If you're kind today, 
you're going to be kinder in five years. If you're generous today, you're going to be more generous in five years because these things deepen the older we get. They mature. They settle in the more and the older it get. They go down into the cracks of who you are and it hardens and it, and it begins to form and shape your character. If you're disciplined today, you'll be more disciplined still five years from now. And all of this comes from the sum total of the small decisions that we make for better or for worse right now. And here, here's something that's, that's revolutionary. Time alone doesn't change who you are. It reveals who you are. And, and, and it makes you more of who you are. I'm going to be different in the future because the time is going to change me. No, you're going to be exactly like the choices that you're making today, just more set in your ways, which is why change is harder the older that we get. That's true, isn't it? Because it just settles in. That means, though, good news is that if you don't like what you're getting right now, you can make change. You can change what you're doing. You can make change by being patient and, and, starting, and, and dreaming big, but starting small and, and slow and steady and, and long-term. It's in the systems. It's in the patterns that the change is made. No, nobody almost, no, almost nobody wrecks their lives all in one day and all at one time. What happens is we make small, bad decisions over time that begin to shape us and begin to form us. And over time, compound interest takes place because it works in good ways and compound interest works in bad ways. If you have credit card debt right now, you're experiencing the pain of compound interest not in your favor. And over time, one day we wake up and go, how in the world did I get here? You didn't do it all at one time. One little bad decision followed by another. The other hand, you take somebody else who's crushing it, making an incredible, they're, they're victorious in their life in some level. And you look at them and you say, well, how'd they get there? They didn't get there all at once. Again, it was one small decision at a time. It was one moment of self-sacrifice. It was a small discipline done again and again. And nobody else knows about all the times that you spent on your knees in prayer and all of the times that you fasted and all the times that you sought after God when everybody else had gone home and all the times that you had difficult conversations and all the times that you made difficult leadership decisions that nobody understood but you knew God had told you. And in the early mornings and the late nights and the grind and the faithfulness and all of the perseverance that it took for you to get to where you are right now, nobody saw that and they don't see that and they don't understand that but you realize it was one small faithful decision after another over periods of years that led you to the place that everybody else wants to be but they don't want to pay the price that you paid they want what you've got but they want shortcuts to get there and it doesn't work like that and, and I love what Stephen Furtick says he says we always see the glory but we never know the grind that got them there come on that's good somebody your good decisions, your small good decisions are not wasted. In fact, they are being stored up one day after another. You may not see it for a, a bit, but you start out this year adding a good God-honoring discipline one day, and you do it the next day, and you do it the next day, and you're faithful, and it's not that you're perfect, it's not that you won't make mistakes, but generally speaking, you're pointed towards God. You may not see the results in, in a short period of time, but, but it's like when you put on water to boil, and you watch it grow 100 degrees, 100 110 degrees, 180 degrees, 200 degrees, 211 degrees, and all of a sudden, there's a tipping point, 212, and stuff starts to come from the ground, and stuff starts to boil up, and, and that's what happens with good decisions over time, is, is you're storing those up. You may not receive, you, 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 you may not see them, but all of a sudden, and, and there's a tipping point, and now it becomes obvious what you've been up to. You're now in shape. You're now out of debt. Your marriage is better. You're making a difference of whatever. And people are going to look at you and they're going to call you an overnight success. 
But they have no idea all of the private sacrifices that you've made and all of the faithfulness and all of the consistency and all of the times you had to overcome your self-doubt and your insecurities and all of the time that you fell and, and you had to dust off your clothes and get back up and all of the praying and all of the seeking God and all of the fasting and, and, and all of the enduring con- uh, criticisms. And they have no idea. But please hear this. It's the things that no one sees that brings the results that everybody wants. It's the stuff that we do in secret that produces the things that everybody else wants. One small good decision at a time, over time, produces change. I love how Paul says it in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, for at the right time, over time, We will reap a harvest if we do not what? Give up. Let's not become weary and honor God. Let's not become weary in doing the right things. Let's not become weary in living by our budgets. Let's not become weary in counting calories. Let's not become weary in getting up 30 minutes earlier to seek the face of God. Let's not become weary in going to the gym. Let's not become weary in fasting before our God. Let's not become weary in doing the right thing, honoring each other in our marriage, even when marriage isn't working as like the way we wish it would. You may not see it for a while, but it's being stored up. One little decision, one little decision, one little decision, one little right action, one little discipline, and, and it's being stored up until one day it all spills out over the edge and all of a sudden there's favor and blessing and goodness in your life and people will go hey where'd that come from day by day day by day dreamed big started small dreamed huge believed day by day by day by day and then all of a sudden it stores up and it overflows in your life that's how it works lastly our distorted identity This is the reason we don't make change. Our distorted identity sabotages our success. And what our spiritual enemy does is the moment that you fail in your new efforts, he's going to come and call you a failure. And if you believe what he says about you, it will disrupt, it will destroy, it will create a pattern in your life that will not produce the kind of results that you want. We see this with Paul in Romans chapter 7, which we read a bit ago, Romans 7, 21 He says, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. And then he does what so many of us do. He connects his failure to his identity. You guys can come back to the music if you don't mind. He connects his failure to his identity. And here's what he says, verse 24. Oh, what a miserable person I am. I love the King James. It says, oh, wretched man that I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Paul is wailing on himself. I'm not disciplined. I'm not becoming more like Jesus. I keep doing the opposite of what I set out to do. What a miserable person. I found this in my own life. Because I've done this very thing so many, very, so many times. I found it incredibly defeating and not helpful at all to beat myself up when I don't reach my goals and when I don't do what I wanted to do. Taking ownership and taking responsibility and having people hold me accountable, yes to that. But beating myself up doesn't help. And this is what Paul is doing. And we wrongly identify some failure that we made with who we are. And an unhealthy identity, listen now, please hear this, creates unwise and unhealthy habits in our lives. If I don't see myself the way God sees me, under grace, protected by him, 
Son of God, not perfect, but Son of God, and whom he loves, he says he loves, and whom he's well pleased. If I don't see myself in that way, then, then, then out of that, that wrong identity that I have in my life, it will produce, it, it, will be, it will exacerbate what's already sort of a tenuous situation in my life. It will create bad fruits in my life because I don't see myself the way God sees me. So we have to look at the patterns of the past and go, what, what can I fix about that? But we also have to replace the bad patterns with new patterns. And that's why, please hear me, that's why we're starting the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're starting with God. Because I don't care if you're here and want to go there. If it doesn't start with God, I seek you first. I start this new year. I place you first in my life. I'll pray, God. I'll read my Bible, God. I'll fast. I'll I'll lay aside stuff. If it doesn't start, start there, then we don't get the other stuff. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then, and then it's that and then part that we don't like. All these things will be added to you. Start new habits this year. Seek first God's kingdom. Join a group. Serve. You don't have to serve here. Serve somewhere. Help other people. That's what you were made for. Do that. Join a team. Get involved. Plug in. Start a new pattern because identity shapes your actions. And this is why getting a vision of you in five years is such a big deal. The point is, is when you know who you are in Christ, you will know what you should be doing. You will know what you should be doing. Back to Paul, he's frustrated, he's beating himself up, and so he asks this question, and we see here this shift in his thinking. He says, who will free me from the life that is dominated by sin and death? In, in, in other words, he stops thinking about what, and he starts thinking about who. And all of our goals and all of our dreams and all of our resolutions need to be who-centered, not what-centered. Who, not do, right? And then he says in verse 25, thank God the answer is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's thinking who now. You start with the who goals, not with what goals. And he looks to the source and he understands that this is the only one who can change me, who can save me, who can deliver me, who can set us free. He's my source. He's my strength. He's my healing. He's my hope. He's the one who says he can make all things new. He's the one who says with him uh, anything is possible. And so my prayer is for you is not only that you will experience this, this life in Christ, because that's what I want for you. But also that you will say, God, what's my part in this? What do I need to do? In, in light of, 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 of the person that I want to be. And that's why the question is, who do you want to be in five years is so important. Because when you catch a vision, then, then all of a sudden and you, you say, this is who I want. I want to be a godly man. You get the clear picture and you know the actions that will help. And you know the actions that won't help. I, 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 want, I want to be a, a, a good husband. Here's what that looks like. And your actions will flow out of that identity, that vision that you have for your life. They always do. Actions flow out of identity, right? And that's why it's so important to, sit, to understand this. And some of you will say, Danny, I, I like it. I know what you're saying. But, bro, I can't change. But I want you to remember God's word. Last thing, Romans 6, 6. For we know that our old self, would you say old self? Was crucified, was laid on a cross with him. So that the body ruled by sin might be what? Done away with. 
that we should no longer be slaves to sin, that we should no longer be slaves to bad habits, that we should no longer be slaves to our addictions, that we should no longer be slaves to our worst ways, that we should no longer be stuck in patterns of sin or patterns of defeat or generational curses so that we would no longer be slaves to this. That stuff was crucified on the cross. And it's because I don't realize who I am in Christ that I keep living less than. God says, listen, you're my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter. I'm pleasing you. Come on, we can do this. Come on, let's do this. It's not about what. It's about who. Who is for you? Who stands beside you? Who's with you? Who's got your back? Who goes before you and who has your back? It's Jesus, everybody. He loves you so much, and he wants to help you so much. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to get out of here. Lord, thank you so much for your word. I pray that some folks in here in this place who have been frustrated for so long about patterns in their lives would not give up. Instead of thinking, oh, tomorrow i got to do these 50,000 things, we just start with, Lord, I give you my heart. We just start with, God, would you give me a new identity? Would you save me? Some of us have never given our hearts to Jesus, and today maybe that's the start. Maybe that's the first right step. For sure it is. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I ask you to be... My Lord, I ask you to be my Savior. I ask you to be the forgiver of my sins and become the guide for my life. Would you direct me? Would you help me? Would you become the wind in my sails as I, I try to point my way out of this thing? And I can't do it on my own. I will not do it on my own. But greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And I can do all things, you said, through Christ who strengthens me. God, I'm praying over some amazing people whom I love so much. God, but have struggled with this or that, would you just give them grace? And would you give them the, 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 the clarity to know that you can set them free, that whom the Son sets free is free indeed, and that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. God, you've done this for us, and that's our identity now, son of God, daughter of God, child of God. May we walk in that. May we live in that. May that shape our actions, I pray. I pray blessings over every one of these folks. In Jesus' mighty name, and we said amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap, y'all? Come on, somebody. I'm going to ask our, our, our ushers to come real quickly. I'm going to get you out of here. It's time to roll. I'm going to speed through this. There's all kinds of ways you can give. Most of you know that now. You can give in the buckets today. You can give at our kiosk. You can automate these on our, on our, on our, our app on PushPay. You, you can do all of these things, and we just want to say a huge, huge thank you for those of you who've done all that. Man, you're making such a big difference here. Um, next steps for some of you. We always want to give somebody a next right step because at, at the end of the day, listen to me real quick. I know you're ready to go. Our, our, our greatest dream for you as a church, as a team, as a staff, as pastors is that you just get on track with Jesus. You don't go from here to there overnight. We're not, nobody's saying that. We're saying you just take one next right step. And maybe for you, that's following Jesus. Maybe you did that today. Maybe you're interested in knowing more about that. We have a book for you. We want to give you no strings attached. Next Step Central, as you're going out on the right there today, there's an orange-like wall thing there. Go by there, man. 
there you can also learn about baptisms. We're going to be doing those at the end of the month, the last Sunday of the month. And you can sign up for baptisms right there, which is one of the great decisions that you'll ever make in your life. And you'll learn there about Growth Track, which is our sort of on-ramp to getting plugged in here at LifePoint for discovering kind of how God's wired you up and what maybe God wants you to do. You can do that. We do that the first Sunday of every month. Also, we're involved in 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And even if you haven't started, or even if you started and you're like, already failed, don't, don't beat yourself up. Don't hang your head. Don't, don't do that, man. Just jump in. Wherever you're at, jump in. Do your best. Do, do whatever you can. We have a prayer focus that we're praying every day. But on Saturdays, man, yesterday was incredible around here. I promise you it was incredible. From 9 to 10 on Saturdays, we pray right here. Our band leads us in worship. We take communion together. We pray together. And it flies by, man. The time just flies by. It's like, what? It's already over? And, and we would love it if you would join us. And then we'll do it the next Sunday as well. Or sorry, sorry the next Saturday as well. Last thing. Best Sunday ever is next Sunday. This is a fun, we do it twice a month, a year, which is kind of weird because it's like the best Sunday ever. How can you have it twice? Well, it gets better and better, all right, uh, each time. And here's the fun part of it. We're going to give away all sorts of free uh, swag. So next week, everybody gets a cool, I think it's the coolest t-shirt we've ever made. I love it a lot. Everybody's going to get one of those. So invite your friends, invite your family. Let's pack this place out. I promise you, you're going to be proud of what goes down in here. The music's going to be great. All of this stuff's going to happen. It's going to be good, and we're going we're gonna to do our best to honor your the, the, the fact that you invited somebody. So do that with us ne- uh, uh, next. And then this is the real last thing. Our prayer partners are up here, right here with you. And if you want to pray about anything, if you need prayer for anything, they would love, love, love to pray with you about whatever's going on in your life. Prayer works. Amen, somebody. Hey, stand with me. High five somebody. Bump a fist. Hug. Whatever your comfort level is. We love you so much. Have a great week. God bless you. We love you.